Our first reading comes from book of first book of Maccabees. We are transported into the second century before the birth of Christ. And there we have a very concrete beginning, you know, as it says, from the descendants of of Alexander's officers, there sprung a sinful offshoot, Antiochus Epiphanes, from the descendants of Alexander's officers. As you know, Alexander the Great conquered Persia, Medea, and the final battle was at 333. And if you, those who are interested, um, know that Alexander the Great, as he's known, was, uh, was tutored by uh, Aristotle, the great, the great philosopher. He was one of his students. So as we know that he became an a extraordinary leader, a military leader, organizer, as he not only defeated the Persians, uh, but also all the area. And then, but he didn't rule too long after his, uh, his, his conquer, conquering of the area. He only lived like 16 years or so. And then his officers, military officers took over and they made themselves kings of the various areas. They divided the whole area that was conquered by Alexander. And so they divided into portions. One of the portion over the Syria and Palestine was a, was a fellow named Antiochus Epiphanes. His father was one of the military leaders that, that um, and his, not just her father, but grandfather, uh, who was one of those officers, former officers for being kings. But the scripture says right away, uh, spring a, a sinful offshoot. Why? And this is why we have to, we have to sort of unpack. So in those days, there appeared in Israel men who were breakers of the law. So what happened is this. Antiochus wanted to have influence immediately among the rich, so he reduced their taxes. Is it familiar today as well? Or you increase taxes if you don't like somebody and, and try to, to build up. So, so now, so there appeared in Israel men who were breakers of the law, who were Jewish descendants, but who were fairly well-to-do, and they followed him. And so they seduced many people, saying, let us go and make an alliance with the Gentiles all around us. Since we, since we separated from them, many evils have come about. So they were able to, or they were willing, I should say, and able to not only remove from their life a faith in God, but also influence powerfully others. We don't have to go today. We see powerful media influencing us in different ways. Cultural trends are influencing us. And so there we are. We are affected by that. Now, the proposal was agreeable. It says some from among the people promptly went to the king, and he authorized them to introduce the way of living of the Gentiles. Introducing the way of Gentiles, building gymnasium. And it's you know not because gymnasium is something wrong, but because this is where where all the people were gathered, they, you know, they were under the influence of the Gentile culture, uh, removed, as you know, not only did they change the, uh, the, the, the cultural elements of, of, the, of the people of God, at least they were trying to force it, 
but also uh, begin to, to live as Gentiles do, which means by all accounts, they uh, re just rejected the path of God, the covenant relationship, the, co the covenant responsibility of life according to, to, to commandments, and above honoring him. But he not only did this, but he did even something more. What he did is he built right on the um, on the temple in temple of Jerusalem. He, he he built an idol and 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 forced people to to accommodate. So the Gentiles were forced to conform to the king, and many of people in Israel were in favor of his religion. They sacrificed to idols and profaned the Sabbath. But one of the most horrible thing was on the day, 15th day of the month, Kislev, in the year of 145, the king erected the horrible abomination upon the altar of burnt offerings. An altar that was to receive all the offering sacrifices to God. And, and, and they built a horrible abomination and in surrounding cities of Judah, they begin to build pagan idols and pagan altars. And, and so now, so instead of burning incense to God, now we have idols. It's an enforced type of change. And here we have the people of the covenant are suffering terribly. All the books, the Bibles, because the scrolls of the word of God are being burned. And, and whoever does not follow the king's commands is, is to be condemned to death. So many in Israel were determined and resolved in their hearts not to eat anything unclean. They preferred rather to die than to abandon the covenant to life. Okay, so we have as a terrible affliction here, description of terrible affliction of the people. And, and we know that in the Old Testament, many times the people of God had to go through terrible afflictions of persecution of those who, you know, take take leaders who would take them away from 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 the Lord. And then with this whole week, we will follow up with the readings. But this is just the beginning, setting of the of the stage for what happened uh, and and to the people, their witnesses, how they reacted to this whole thing and what they did. Many times, you know, witnesses. So of such in the past could be examples for us for today, because we are still undergoing various difficulties, as we know. You know, today, what, what are the difficulties of today? You know, um, what are the basic Catholic teachings which are being opposed? Of course, when it comes to life, the beginning of human life, end of human life, beginning of human life, you know, with, the, with uh, abortions, all the way to infanticide, at the end of human life, you know the, uh, you know the the the, uh, the choosing to commit suicide literally or being assisted suicide. Those are one of those things that we have, but also other things which are part and parcel of 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 who we are as people of God. Redefinitions of marriages, all those things which are there, which are being proposed today by by the culture around us, by powerful media, and, and, and laws which have been enacted, enacted. But there's other things which, which are also very, very important for us as Catholics. 
and, and one of them is, is the, is the is conscience, is conscience. Uh, the uh, uh, religious uh, mandates, or at least mandates which are go against our conscience. You know, we have to obviously have to have informed and certain conscience, but nonetheless, the judgment of our conscience is sacred. And that's one of those things. So therefore, a person must obey the judgment of his own and her own informed and certain conscience. And that's at the core of the Catholic Church's teachings. Because, you know, one not only is obliged to follow one's conscience, but it is, it is by the judgment of conscience that a person perceives and recognizes the prescriptions of God. We hear God through the depths of our conscience, even if our conscience is erroneous, is not complete yet, we are to follow that. And that's the basic teachings of the Catholic Church. Yes, we have to have informed and sure judgment. However, we cannot go against it. Now, another thing which is also very important is, is that certain medical uh, procedures cannot be obligatory and in principle, they have to be voluntary. You can't have somebody force us to do certain things, you know, ultimately because it's based on that freedom that God has given to us. There's also, uh, you know, the general duty to refuse medical products, uh, which maybe, uh, which once again, if they have been uh, produced uh, using human cells, derived from direct abortions. Those are part and parcel of who we are. And, and ultimately, what we have to do is, is the, the even, even, even interventions, medical interventions, we still have a choice. That's why you have to have a consent always, as you know. So these are some of the things, but there's lots more things which are in our culture. You know, various types of moral customs right now. You know, a lot of young people live without marriage. Uh, no commitment, this type of thing, which it seems to be more and more right now prevalent. Also, you know, the event in, in practicing of our faith, uh, you know, right now so many people do not come to church or they just kind of feel that they can choose. Yes, obviously they can, but, but, but there's also consequences of not opening oneself to God. So, so these are some of the things in our own culture today. But the Lord can heal this blindness. The Lord can heal this blindness. And in our gospel today, we have that beautiful story of this man on the way to Jericho. This blind man who, first of all, found out who was, who was the one who was passing by. And they told him who was. And so he must have heard something that Jesus is the one who's able to heal to remove blindness from the heart of, of, of people, not only spiritual, but also physical. And so he's calling out, he's calling out, uh, crying out, son of David, have pity on me. Even though others say, don't, don't, you know, don't call out, don't disrupt peace. And yet he continues to call out. And then Jesus stops by and orders that he be brought to him. And when he came near, Jesus asked him, as he's asking all of us, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? And he said, Lord, please 
let me see. And Jesus told him, have sight, your faith has saved you. The importance of faith, the importance of faith when we cry out to God to provide for us healing, whatever it may be. But in this case, he wished to see because blindness was a terrible affliction. And so he's able to see. But for all of us, that we would be able to likewise in faith cry out, cry out to the Lord, cry out that he may provide for us the necessary both healing or overcoming the afflictions that we have to cope with or afflictions that we cannot even deal with. The Lord is always there, but we have to cry out. And the crying out is, is our way of saying to God that we are your children, we are in need of you. We can't do it ourselves, we can't do it alone. And finally today, we also honor Saint, Saint Albert the Great. He was a professor and teacher of Thomas Aquinas. That's why we know him so well. But he was a brilliant man right in the middle of what are known as the Dark Ages. He is not only far from that, as you know, during Dark Ages, universities were, were formed or built. I mean, great centers of learning were formed, including Padua, where he studied. Um, also, University of Paris, University of Paris, which was, was a center of, of, of great education. Then he moved to Cologne to establish also uh, a center of learning. But what was he known for? He was known to be a type of a, a universal person who understood uh, with an encyclopedic knowledge. He had knowledge of so many areas not only theology, philosophy, where he brought Aristotle uh, and his, his teachings into the universities. He wrote many commentaries on, on, on philosophy, on theology, um, but he was also a man of God. He was not only a priest, he was elected provincial of, of the Dominicans. He was a Dominican, great Dominican. He was also became bishop. And in every area of his life, he was a, truly a man of God. I have to just tell you a little, little quote from him, which is very, very, very powerful quote. Um, he said to us, do you want to draw closer to God without obstruction or hindrance, freely and in peace, as we have described? Do you want to be united and drawn to him in a union so close that it will endure in prosperity and adversity, in life and in death? And then he says, if you do wish this relationship with God, do not delay to commit all things with trustful confidence into the hands of his sure and infallible providence. So if you wish to do so, if you wish to really be united with the Lord, then place everything, commit everything with trustful confidence. Because is it not most fitting that you should trust him who gives to all creatures in the first place, their existence, power, movement, everything that they have, everything that they, they are. To him alone belong infinite power, wisdom and goodness, essential mercy, justice, truth and charity, immutable eternity and immensity. Nothing can exist or act of its own power, but every creature acts of necessity by the power of God. And so we are to accept him as the one, our Lord, the one from whom all things come, from, uh, from him who's able to give us all the things 
because he's the one, he's God of providence, God of love. So, and then he speaks to us, is not only do we come to know him as we look, as we see the reality about us, but also that we need to expose ourselves to the teachings of the Holy Scripture. For in the epistle of St. Peter, it is written, cast all your anxieties on him, for he cares about you. And then from Psalm 55 says, cast your burden on the Lord and he will sustain you. Then we also read in Sirach, my children, behold the generations of men and know that no one has hoped in Lord and has been confounded for he who has, for who has continued in his commandment and has forsake, been forsaken by God, never. So therefore do not be anxious. Do not be anxious what you are to do, what you are to eat. Place your confidence completely on the Lord. I think that, I think the words of, of St. Albert, the great theologian, the great philosopher, the one who brought science and faith together, the one who formed the brilliant scholar, theologian, St. Thomas Aquinas. He is the one who placed everything into the hands of God, because that's the only way. And that is the pattern, and that's the invitation for all of us. Yes, we may experience the difficulties of our own culture. We may have to face struggle. We may have to face problems. But we have to follow the basic principles of who are as Catholics respect for the dignity of human being from natural origin or conception to, to death. We are to take care of one another, yes, pro pro protect the dignity, religious freedom, religious freedom of conscience, all those things which are necessary for us. Do not be absorbed, do not be influenced by the culture regarding our morals, especially as young people are affected but place our complete confidence in God who is able to heal, who will restore our vision, knowledge, truth, and then we shall be free. And then we shall be, at the, at the deepest level of who we are, confident that the path by which we walk is true, the path that will lead us to eternity, to lead us into a life of glory in the kingdom to come. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. 
Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.